Yo, what's good, everybody? This is our feats, and this week's episode is amazing. But what I need you guys to help us do is we're trying to hit 100,000 subscribers, and we need you guys' support. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button and the bell, guys. We really, really appreciate it, guys. Get these likes all the way up, guys. We're trying to get this message out to more and more people. We're trying to help more men and more women with the roommates' content, and we need you guys' support. So please, please, please hit that subscribe button, guys. Thank you so much for all your support. And... Now it's time to enjoy this week's episode. This week on the Roommates Podcast. And here's the thing. Men are more realistic than women because we get rejected more often. But it's still out there. They still want it. So here's the thing. I tell guys, want what you want, but buy what you can afford. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what it comes down to, bro. You can want what you want. If you ever, I want a Bentley. I want this or that. But if you go to a Bentley dealership, they're gonna run your credit. You gotta have a certain kind of insurance. They're not they're gonna let you test drive a Bentley because you want to. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Afis from The Roommates, and yes, I am rocking the suit for the first time, but you know who the guest is, guys. You've done seen the thumbnail, so you know I had to do it. As you guys know, I've been doing my um, new series, Lessons I Wish My Big Brother Taught Me About Women. Right now, I believe we're on part five, so check it out if you haven't done so already. Episodes drop every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if we're going to do Lessons I Wish My Big Brother Taught Me About Women, who else Will we not bring in but the one and only Godfather himself? He is paving a way for a whole new generation of men to level up, to be on the purpose, and discover who they are. Guys, please, please welcome the best dressed man on YouTube, the one and only Kevin Samuels. I mean, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad we could finally sit down and talk. Uh, you know, I've been watching your channel, been watching some things, watching you guys grow, and a lot of my followers and subscribers are like, "Man, I would love to see this collaboration." I'm like, you know, I'm in Atlanta, they're in Atlanta. You know, nature has a way of making it happen. Thank you for the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, like I said, I've been following your content. Uh, so let me tell you this story. I promise to tell, okay. you, tell you the story. So um, I re- I think I found you about a year ago or so when you did a, your video with Rebecca's, the response to Rebecca's video. When, when did that video come out? Um, it was probably about a year and a half because she did her video almost, I want to say, coming up on two years yeah. ago. Okay. So that's how I initially found your video. And I, I was like, oh, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this is, this, is, this is what I've been saying. Very similar message, right? All right. But then I went on your channel. I'm not going to lie. I saw some long videos. <laughs> I, I saw videos two hours, right. three hours, four hours. And I was like, man, I can't do this. Yeah, I don't think I got the time for this. Right. But I'm not going to lie to you. You kill it with the thumbnail. Those thumbnails are enticing. Mm-hmm. And so I said to myself, I said, man, this is too long. Mm-hmm. So I, I started my video series. And the purpose of my series is um, eight lessons to young men mm-hmm. about women that I wish I knew growing up. Right. And the biggest thing is like, I want to make this, you know, short, digestible, but at the same time, the most media impact information I can give them. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I kept on telling people, like, I'm trying to give you guys these long soliloquies in 10 minutes. Right. So obviously I can't, it's going to be generalization. Obviously it's not going to be, I start out. I kept on getting the comments and comments like, well, this is, this is basic. This is generic. I'm like, I got 10 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Of course it's going to be basic. And I was like, guys, if I wanted to do a video, I would have to do at least three to four hours mm-hmm. to explain these topics. 
Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> ding, 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 a bell rung on my head. I said, no wonder why his videos are so Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So then I eventually went over to the channel. Mm-hmm. I saw the video, and, I, and I've been hooked ever since. Right. See, and the thing about YouTube... You know, any content creator will tell you, YouTube wants 7 to 12-minute videos, high-impact thumbnails, catchy titles. But when you're talking about things that your big brother, your father should have taught you, that's a lifetime. You know, how long does it take to shave? Well, the, what you can learn from a father while shaving is just casual conversations, but they compact and build. And when we're actually trying to teach men to have something that they can actually have this actionable, it can't be bullet points. Yes, sir. And I agree with that 110%. So like I said, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. But for the audience who, do, who don't know who you are yet, can you give them a bit of an elevated pitch synopsis about who you are and what you do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, my name is uh, Kevin Samuels. I'm a personal and corporate image consultant. I uh, spent 20 plus years in corporate America in business to business sales. Whenever went from inside sales to national account manager, background is chemical engineering. Long, complicated story. But the net net of it is uh, my job is to help men become the best version of themselves, look good, smell great, and be your best each and every day. Um, that's very high level. So basically, I'm a look, style coach because after the appearance, see, when people think about image, they think it's just appearance. It's actually A, B, C, D. Appearance, behavior, communication, and digital footprint. Once you look the part, you still got to know how to behave, how to communicate, and how to look online. And that's where the longer videos, the longer content tends to happen. Uh, and when I speak on colleges or universities or go out to speak with a company doing soft skills training or whatever, some usually it's a part of the keynote speech has something to do with the behavior and communication part. So that's a very short uh, a short synopsis of a very long, complicated issue, but we try to make it as digestible as possible. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. That was good. Yeah, well, yeah, man. Yeah. You've been doing it. Yeah, yeah man. Background. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, what I really enjoyed about your content when I discovered it is your experience into really giving men hands-on practical mm-hmm. wisdom and application. You know, one of the things I've always critiqued people on YouTube is that a lot of people are children learning from children. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to these, you know, young, I'm a young young adult myself, right. going to young adults for information, but I've always told people, why don't you start, when you reverse engineer your life, find out people who are where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you said, anybody can make money in a month. Anybody can have a nice shirt or a nice car. Mm-hmm. Who can really have a legacy? Who's, who's had five, six, seven, ten years in the game? And what you provided into the new to the landscape is the longevity, mm-hmm. you know, wisdom of ages. And so I've really come to appreciate that. And so my question is, why did you get into this space? What made you decide to get into it? Strangely enough, uh, being having a career in sales, first in telecommunications and advertising and marketing, spun off and had my own advertising and marketing boutique firm with a partner. I was over the sales portion, obviously, and the PR portion. One of our biggest clients was actually told us they're going to have to leave. We're going to have to leave our because I'm going to be put up for a judgeship. Uh, and she said, but here's the thing. I'm a great attorney, but I, I dress like, you see me, I dress like a little Oompa Loompa. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm going to lose 30% of our revenue base. She's like, you know what? I really need somebody to help me. I need to look like you. You're good at that. How much did you charge me for that? And I was like, she's like, isn't that like what an image consultant does? So I said, yeah, that's what I think it is. And I got to my car and I went and searched, what is an image consultant? And strangely enough, a video popped up with Alpha Alpha M. He's here in Atlanta. Aaron Moreno. And he had a video talking about how I became an image consultant. In seven minutes, he talked about how he went from being a 
Jim Ratton, a personal trainer, to the largest men's image consultant on YouTube and influencer. I followed what he did step by step with my own twist. And two weeks later, I had my website up. And after I went through my certifications and training and my basic stuff, uh, I launched on a Monday, had my first client on a Wednesday, and it's been that ever since. And coincidentally, a year later, he actually flew me in here to shoot a uh, commercial for his Tiege Hanley skincare line. So uh, basically, I decided to do something, and I just took a shot at it. So I love that. I love that. And that's one of the things you see in entrepreneurs is that go-getter. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of people, I always say a lot of people have dreams, but dreams are over when you wake up. Right. You know, visions are manifestations of the reality to come. So I like that you had that long-term vision. You wanted to make things happen. So... Let's let's do the fellas first. Like I said, we, we'll give the women half an episode. Right. <laughs> we'll do the fellas first. Okay. And so one of the your your strongest messages is the high value. Your conversation about the high being a high value. Right. Male. So in your personal opinion, what would you define a high value male is? Well, t- one of the reasons I focus there is one because my career, like I said, college white collar corporate salesperson. Um, And if you want to get to the top, you have to separate yourself from the crowd. And one of the things is high-value men determine who high-value men are. There has to be a resource component. There has to be a money amount. I mean, like I said, you can't be high-value and homeless. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to make the money. Um, You also have to have it be consistent over a long period of time. You can have a great season. Anybody can be Jeremy Lin, but you're not going to get to the Hall of Fame. Uh, then you have to have a network, and then it has to be confirmed by other people. Generally, we use as a ballpark, like making $10,000 a month. That ticks a lot of people off because that puts a very hard line. But the top 10% of earners in this country make that that $100,000 or more. But that's where you tend to hear a lot of people tend to focus. Now, that's a barrier to entry. Is it hard? No. What net net is a high value man is do you have high value friends? Do you have a high value mindset? Or do you have a high value network? And are you, you are you being used? Yes, you should be used because you are useful. It's almost impossible to be high value and useless. So that's why we kind of focus on this whole high value thing, because it is a bar that uh, it needs to be pushed. It needs to be rare. It needs to be hard to get to. And it needs to be more than money. Because if you just said it was all about money, then anybody with a bunch of money could be high value. But we know that's not true. So that's as, about as short as I can make it. Uh, and I probably ticked off about half the audience. Yeah. But it is what it is. You know, and, and, and here's something that, like, one of the things I like to do when I consume content, and I, and I challenge all the audience to do so, is I try to understand what the communicator is trying to say. Mm-hmm. I try to infer using my own opinion. I don't let my emotions right. react. I like to really like, think care- critically about what you're communicating. And one thing that you've communicated on multiple occasions is being high value, man, does not mean that you're, if you're not high value, it doesn't mean that you're valueless. Right. Right? You can live a perfectly happy, amazing, content mm-hmm. Great life without being high value male. You talk about that all the time. All the time. But one of the big things that you're saying is that you've noticed that a lot of people aspire to be high value male, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be in, a, if you want to have this aspiration, like you said, it has to be certain qualifications. Right. The same way anybody can play basketball and be happy playing basketball. If you want to make it to the NBA, there's certain types of qualifications exactly. you need to make it there. Exactly. Exactly. And you see. People tend to want to have a high-value lifestyle. Mm. Uh, One of the biggest things that I've become synonymous on YouTube is this hashtag, show your work. See, the work work tells the truth. 
the suit looks nice, the gift of gab, ha, ha, ha. But you know what? Shut up, turn off the volume, and look at the work. The work is either here or it's here. Men across the world, men from time immemorial, people respect work. And that's the difference. Talent is wasted every day. Ability is wasted every day. If, depending if you're a sports fan, you can go to the NFL, NBA, MLB, and see plenty of people who had possibility and potential but never functioned. But the people who actually put in the work. Now, the other side of it. I make a distinction between you don't have to be white collar. You don't have to be blue collar. It's all in are you useful. And if you aren't high value, that doesn't mean you, you're you nothing. Yeah. That just means you're not over here. Look, everybody doesn't want to drive a Ferrari. You may just have a great F-150 truck and love it. Yeah. That's it. I love that. And and it's so interesting because Gary Vee talks about that a lot. He talks about, like, you don't have to have these things to be happy. Right. And and one of the, the big things, going back to some of the high-value conversation, is you, you make reference to people want the high-value lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They want the cars. They want the power. They especially want the women, you know. And, and so what happens is, and I, and I, I love that. <laughs> I love how you do it. Right. Because you're honest. You're like, if you want these results, mm-hmm. you have to put in this work. Mm-hmm. If you want this output, it requires this input. So you're, you're hearing all these guys complaining, well, I want to have this woman. I want to mm-hmm. have this respect. I want to have this kind of power and prestige. And you're like, well, if you want those things, mm-hmm. you must, you yourself as a man must have these things. But a lot of people feel as though they should get the benefits without any of the work. Right. Uh, and, you know, one of the things we've done in this, in this country is Gary Vee often talks about, I don't, I don't believe in eighth place trophies. Yeah. You know, I talk about men should be CIA, confident, intelligent, and assertive. To become the best version of yourself if men are just living that way. But the A is the most important part, asserting you have to do something. You know, this eighth place trophy, everybody gets a prize, there are no losers, it's not real. Uh, this is a competitive, capitalistic uh, society, and there are winners and losers. And here's the thing. I always ask guys to understand, know your why, start with why. Good book, by the way, pick it up, Simon Simic, start with why. And then chart your path. There are people who are living, making $50,000 living off the grid who are ecstatic. And there are people who are ready to shoot them, excuse me, ready to exit this planet, uh, earning more and on medication. Know why you want to do it. That's why I think uh, social media has, has been great for, for us. For the, I mean, I'm glad I lived during this time, but there has to be moderation. You know, having this lifestyle, if you're not that person, can be miserable. And I'll tell you, I lived that personally when I lived in New York City. When I went from Oklahoma to New York. Uh, there's a big difference in economy of scale and things like that. And the more I realize, you know what? I'm really not, you know, Gordon Gecko. I'm kind of more right in here. <laughs> and I like being right in here. I can appreciate Gordon Gecko and that kind of stuff. You know, movie called Wall Street. Yeah. But knowing yourself and knowing what fits me. So I think one of the things when people start talking about high value is a mindset. If you can actually understand, rate, rate yourself well, always push yourself to be the best then good things will tend to follow. And that's where the, where, the, where the fall down because most people don't want to push, continue to push. They want to get to a point to where they can put their feet up. How many times are they like, man, I love what you guys are doing. Man, I wish I could do what you guys do. It'd be great to be a content creator and, you know, just make videos get paid for it. I'm like, 
You think that's all it is, huh? We just make a video and get paid for it. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of work that goes on behind it. You see about 5% of the cool stuff. And the other 95 is, what did Elon Musk say? Eating glass while staring into the abyss? Mm. That's the other part of it that no one sees. Yeah, I love it. There's this, there's this image I saw on the, the, um, going around social media about the iceberg. Mm-hmm. It talks about success is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. And then below the, below the surface, 90% of the mass is hard work, perseverance, mm-hmm. long nights, suffering, difficulty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> brother, I got stories. <laughs> I got stories. Don't imagine. <laughs> but one thing that you said that really, that I think to me is probably the coldest thing you do, mm-hmm. but the best thing that you do. And you talked about ranking yourself. Yes. I think one of the biggest problems in today is people lack self-awareness. Yes. You know, you have people right now, and no disrespect if you're a short man, but you are five foot two wanting to be the starting center for the Lakers. Yes. <laughs> you can want it. <laughs> get it. <laughs> so, so why do you feel as though a lot of people have an... But before we begin... To people who don't believe in objective measurements of a, of ranking yourself or evaluating yourself, what what would be your defense to the objectivity? Or obviously nothing's perfect, but there is a way of ranking and understanding where you're at in the grand scheme of life. Where'd you graduate in high school? Were you valedictorian? Salutatorian was the first loser. I mean, we've always ranked ourselves, and most of us stop ranking ourselves where we stop being managed by others. If you played sports, there was a ranking. You were either a starter or you weren't. Then you had that, – that was on your team. Then you had to compete in your league, Then you your city, your state. And guess what? Every year you found out how good you really were. Every year someone graduates valedictorian of Acme High School, and they were the ish all during their career. Then they go off to university and realize you're just one of 400 in a class. Mm-hmm. Rankings. We have stopped ranking ourselves because we want everyone to feel good and everyone gets an eighth place trophy, and that's unrealistic. We've told everyone things that just be you and be happy and this and that, and that is not how it works for men. Men are judged upon our work and our output, every company you work for. If you're a worker, believe this. There is a, a there is an organizational chart, and every year – Companies go and draw a red line, and they get rid of dead weight. There is a ranking. Everything is a ranking. And coming from a sales background, I had my job. I had to make my quota every month, month in and month out. Every every month, I was a zero. So it starts that way of realizing that you're only as good as your last close. And uh, and see, that's for some people, they would think that's burnout. For me, that's exciting Mm -hmm. because... The worst thing I could feel like being is a fake. Oh, you look good, but can you perform? Okay. <laughs> so even what you think you'll find about competitive men is they may they'll be competitive in a lot of different areas. You know, Michael Jordan would talk about how he was competitive at golf yeah. and all other kind of things. If you know a competitive person, they're competitive on video games, chess, you know, martial arts, work, stuff and so forth. And it's all because they are trying to push themselves to become something greater than they were yesterday. So. No, and and I think the the beauty of the ranking is I've always said it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to say that. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's this idea where like there's people right now who don't want to face the reality of where they're at. Yes, they don't want to face the reality of okay, maybe you're overweight. Mm-hmm. They want to face the reality of maybe you have, don't have a high position in your job. You're not respected, mm-hmm. so they want to be oblivious to that. But if you don't know where you're at, right, then you don't know the steps 
to, to, to work right. to improve to where you need to be. And so I feel as though one of the things that you're trying to do is you're not trying to shame people. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to, you know, harass people or just make fun of people. You just want people to understand this is where you're at now so that you can know where you need to go in the future. Well, you know, as an image consultant, uh, I am a consultant and a I mage. I mean, I, I work almost like a physician. Um, your, your, your oncologist can have the nicest bedside manner, but if you have stage four leukemia, he has to tell you what you have. See, I'm an image consultant, but I've always done something. I don't know, have you ever taken spin class? You know what spin class yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a cyclist, and I used to teach spin class. And when I would say, okay, crank it up to 10, we're climbing this hill. And I could tell when people, they would sit down there and look like they're turned <laughs> up, but I can see you're bobbling on the seat. I'm like, your seat's not, the tension's not turned up. And I say, you know what, you don't have to. But remember this, you got to see you naked getting out of the shower. You know what? I would hear, mm, and I'd see people going down and crank it down, and I'd start to see them work. And, then, and see, what, what people start, here's the thing. When we do work to get better, we make we feel better about ourselves. You may go to bed tired. You may go to, you know, maybe aching. But if you've ever worked hard at something and felt and been happy with the, the work you put in, you sleep good. Yeah. See, what I'm trying to get people to do is avoid regret. And if you've never spent any time with elderly people, uh, one of the things you realize is towards the end of life, people don't talk about all the money, all of this, all of that. They talk about the things they regret not doing. I regret not taking this shot, moving here, talking to this woman, taking that. I'm like, you know what? I just have no regrets. And complacency, being, being just happy with this, if you're really not truly happy with it, you're going to be setting yourself up for a lot of regret. No, I, I, I really I really enjoy that part because the complacency is something that's big. Mm -hmm. And then the one thing that I realized is that I think it comes from a lack of masculine energy mm -hmm. and a masculine presence in a lot of people's lives. Because when you think about it, no, no disrespect to mothers. Moms have done an amazing job. You know, they always say they did, they did the best they, they could with mm -hmm. the tools that they had. But what happens is mom usually will baby you. Yes. Mom will usually tell you what you want to hear. Mom probably doesn't want to hurt your feelings. Mom probably will say, well, it's okay, Billy. You got ninth place, but you're a winner in my eyes. You right, know I mean? right. <laughs> like mom will give that. But right. then that is that harsh truth. That, that is that objective kicking the butt that you don't mm -hmm. want to hear in the moment because it doesn't feel good, but it's what you do need to hear. Right. Because if you don't know that ninth place isn't good, then you're going to be complacent and just settle for ninth place your whole life. Right. And see, 80% of, of the black community, unfortunately, is born to single mothers. Yeah. So I'm a product of a single mother. But the thing that I had going for me is a, a old school grandfather and an old school uncle. And I grew up in a very Cosby-esque school, but I lived in the hood. Mm. So I lived in the hood, but I, but I saw how the middle-class Cosby folks lived. And what I saw is I saw men at every level. See, at, at the school I went to, the people you went to first grade with were the same people you graduated high school with, mm. 77 people. Wow. So I got a lot of extended cousins from Millwood High School. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, my third-grade teacher was a man. My sixth-grade teacher was a man. Uh, uh, throughout my high school, I had half my teachers were men. The principal was a man. The superintendent was a man. And I saw men in power positions. So even though I didn't have a dad at home, I had male expectations. And, uh, and, and the thing I had to work the most of is getting that female energy up out of myself because I didn't have dad there. 
And that was a hard pill to swallow, man. It was a hard pill to swallow because the world is competitive. Because mom, like you said, wants to make you feel good. Dad has to make sure you know how to hunt, you know how to fish, you can build a shelter, you know how to get water, you know how to protect yourself. Okay, you can survive in the wild on your own. That is a father's responsibility, your survival. Mom's responsibility is your nurturing. And today, sadly, I don't know if you, uh, I'm going a little geek right here, but if you watch like dystopian kind of stuff, Book of Eli, Walking Dead, what happens when the world shuts down? Who, who tends to get out of here the first? The people who have no actual get up and going survival skills. And that's the thing. And I, I present an interesting mix because people see the suit and the white collar guy, but I, I, I'm a, I believe in being a gentleman warrior. I've always, I've had three black belts. I like to, I've been a bouncer to the nightclub. I got a really interesting life, yeah, dude. But the thing is, man, but there was a, there was a time where the uh, educated or elite or whatever, you had to go to school, but you also had to become a pugilist boxer or whatever. Man, we used to have to do stuff. I mean, I, I rode over here today, but imagine back in the day, we were, one of our biggest things was how, how would we get this water? We wanted to eat, we had to plant it or kill it. All right, man, I do. I hate not being able to take care of myself, man. And that whole thing about being, uh, having the father there, a lot of guys are looking for it. That was one of my most seen videos, Things Your Father Should Have Taught You. It got me calls, comments from people I never knew were watching my content. But it's something that we need right now, and it's resonating with especially with a lot of younger guys because they're, they're needing that. So I'm glad it's out there. Yeah, no, that's a very similar thing I told AMS when he was here. I was saying that what the the ABCs that are commonplace to you and I, you know, like I said, by God's grace, I had an amazing father. And mm -hmm. he said you have great mentors in your life to get, be able to guide you and move you in the right path. For a lot of people, that's like trigonometry. That's oh, the yes. AP stat, mm -hmm. you know? And so the things that were like, well, here's this basic thing about, you know, how to shape or how to tie mm -hmm. a tie, you know, or what kind of fragrance to get. Like, these are like, wow, you know, my Like you said, a lot of a lot of men did not have that father figure in their life and be able to tell them what they needed to do to be able to live a life that they want. Right. So go, uh, going back to that point, living a life that they want, I think you made a reference to the idea of because of the social media era, Everybody wants that flashy life. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants the Ferrari, you know, the Lamborghini, the the rape. Everybody wants a beautiful woman in their arm. Everybody wants, you know, the 1% life, but they're not willing to do the 1% work. And so my question to you is, why do you feel as though a lot of men want that life so badly from your personal experience? Um, they want... Well, several reasons. One, they want what they think that life will bring them. We want acceptance. I mean, we're social creatures. We want acceptance from the group, whether it's men or women. But here's the thing. Um, most people don't ask themselves, why do you want something? As a, as a, as a corporate salesperson, I mean, I have, a, I have millions of dollars worth of training in me. Dale Carnegie, Zig Ziglar, DEI, Sandler, and the list goes on. I work with some major organizations where training would be either six weeks, as much as nine months before you hit the field. And you have to become a learning how to ask uh, great questions. If you notice on my show, I ask pretty good questions. I'm always trying to find the why. So if somebody says, oh, yeah, I want to have X amount of money. Why? Well, because I want it. Why? And then I get them to ask themselves, almost like as a consultant, 
get them to go through the process to really realize, well, then why do you want that? And why do you want that? And it's usually something out, and what it really gets down to, they realize that, you know what? I really didn't want that. I really wanted this. I didn't want the car. I just wanted friends. I, I wanted I wanted uh, people who to to call on me or check on me or okay well because if you go get the car because here's what people often misunderstand is people who have more than us who are still unhappy they're like I don't understand why would you get a di- divorce and get a hundred million dollars well why would you get a divorce why would, why would you do that you got fifty million I'm like. The happiest people are the people that know why they're doing what they're doing and they like it. Start with why. (laughs) Simon. Start with why, guys. I love that. There it is. And so, man, I think one thing that I've I've noticed is a lot of guys go into your channel for the women. Mm. They want, you know, they're, like I said, going back to Instagram generation, they see it, Mm -hmm. they want it, they like it, you know? And so a lot of men want this type of woman, you know, on their arm mm-hmm. for validation for whatever reason, but they but they want it. Yeah. And and one of the the harsh realities that you you give a lot of these men is that the same way you have these physical standards for the women, mm-hmm. she has financial yes. charisma, you know, intelligent standards for the guys as well. Yes. What would you say uh, to the typical woman most guys desire after the, the highly desired women? Okay. What would you say are the characteristics that they are looking for in a man from your personal experience? Well, one of the first things I don't do is I don't judge why a person wants what they want. If women say they want a man who's six feet tall, six feet, okay, that's what you want, you just what you want. And same thing with a man. If that's what you want, that's what you want. But let's say the typical uh, attractive woman, what is she wanting? Well, her beauty is currency. She wants a good, she wants a good deal. So the basic line I've kind of given guys, however much her beauty is worth, that's how much she's looking for on the dollar side. So you can understand a, uh, I don't use sevens in my system. I've been, no, adjustable sixes. <laughs> sixes but, you know, eights, nines, and tens, those are the women that get, you know, I use the old school standard, Pam Greer, but that would be Beyonce today. Kelly Rowland, that would be somewhere around the line of uh, Diane Carroll. And then Halle Berry, 90s, would, that would be, it's hard to find a 10 these days. See, those kind of women have men throwing themselves, men with resources. There's always going to be more resources. And I ask the guy, why do you want her more than anything else? And what these guys tend to want is they want her for acceptance. But here's the thing. I, I don't have a problem with hypergamy. Understand something. Women want you to be able to pay the bills, all of them. One of my most insightful questions I ask women, do you want to have to pay substantial bills after you're pregnant? And uh, of the six months of asking that question, I've had two women say, I don't mind. <laughs> that means across the board. Do you want to have to pay substantial bills? They, they, they tend to want a man who is in that top 10%, $100,000, to their top 5% or even 1%. And here's the reality. Do you want those problems? Because as a man who has dated beautiful women, I will tell you what I know more than anything else for men who have those kind of women. If it doesn't work out or they pick the woman for the wrong reasons, one of the first things they say, I just want somebody that's going to be nice to me. Mm-hmm. See, it's we, human beings always want what they can't have, but it is a question is why do you want what you want? Then go get that thing. Um, and what we're trying to do is help level set more guys to realize that, look, man, there, there is a lane for all of this. And here's the thing. 
uh, put it in the sales analogy. Big big fish called whales accounts. That's a one-tenth of a percent chance that you get them. Shoot your shot, but don't bank on it because you'll go broke trying to close those things. See, what we don't want to tell people to do is find something to fit you because that sounds like you're settling and this and that. And I'm like, when did when did working on when did working with somebody that fits you become such a bad thing? So that's a whole video in itself. No, 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 no. no we can go there. Uh, we, can, we can go there. We can go there. Let's stay there because this leads me to what I've realized has gone on going back to the initial point about not being able to rank yourself. So mm-hmm. you're familiar with the idea of assortative mating, right? Yes. So basically, for people who don't know assortative mating, is that people want someone who's similar to them. Mm-hmm. If I'm Nigerian, I want Nigerian. If I'm mm-hmm. Catholic, I want a Catholic. I'm mm-hmm. Republican, I want a Republican. You usually want somebody similar to who you are. But the problem what occurs now is, especially, we'll get to the women point later, so fellas, relax. <laughs> All right. But what happens is when you view yourself as a top-notch male, yes, you then feel as though yes. mating what fits me, like you said, find someone who fits you. Now you feel like what fits me is a top-notch woman. Yes. And so you say, I don't want any of these adjustable sixes, mm-hmm. fives, I don't want anybody. I just want, I, I want the eights, nine, and ten because I, as a man, am an eight, nine, and ten. Right. And so that's one of the biggest things that I've been seeing going on is that a lot of people are not willing to be honest with themselves to see really what fits you along the lines of assortative mating. Well, and it gets even deeper than that the, because we have told everybody that it, everyone can win. So here's the thing. If you, to get from time immemorial, beautiful, powerful men are around beautiful women. Okay? We understand that there's a standard. But see, here's the thing. If you've been told everybody can win and you want the outcomes, the 8, 9, or the 10, but you don't have the high-value resource that the group defines, you try to pay for it in different ways with... Um, um, Swag, game, and, and but it's all, it's it's all like it's counterfeit currency because at the end of the day, cool, you may be able to get her, but can you move in these spaces? Because when you go around these other men, who this woman would tend to hang in these circles and hang around these kind of men, do you fit with the other guys? And they're like, oh yeah, he's and see that's the thing, most guys realize that so. They know, and here's the thing, men are more realistic than women because we get rejected more often. But it's still out there. They still want it. So here's the thing. I tell guys, want what you want, but buy what you can afford. That's what it comes down to, bro. You can want what you want. If you ever, I want a Bentley. I want this or that. But if you go to a Bentley dealership, they're gonna run your credit. You gotta have a certain kind of insurance. They're not gonna let you test drive a Bentley because you want to. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's, that's harsh. That's, that's the harsh truth. Yeah, but, and and I I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that because. I want to do this first part of this conversation for the men who want those kinds of women. We'll talk about the men who just want to be happy. Okay. Because the thing that these guys don't realize, as we keep on pointing out, is they're naturally ranking women. Mm-hmm. They're saying, these girls I don't want, these girls I want. Mm-hmm. So they put women on a, uh, on a scale. And then they simultaneously have ranked themselves. Right. I'm here. 
and now I'm not here. And they don't realize, like you said, you can't go to the Rolls Royce dealership with 20000 in the bank account. No. You just can't. It's just, it's just not, it's not working that way. <laughs> you know, and so, and so one of the biggest challenges I've also noticed, and you've noticed, probably noticed as well, is that they don't realize you can't trick these women for long. No. No, you can't. And see, I, I, here's the thing. Guys get fixed on the income part of it because it's a hard line. I didn't make that six-figure line. The world gave that to me, and I just work with it. See, that's the beautiful thing about being an image consultant. I don't question how we get here. I just question how we do that. Now, as a person, I may do that. But see, here's the thing. Let's say you're a guy, and you're not a high six-figure earner like these or seven-figure earner. Yeah, but the, the real, but what's your network like? Do you have gravitas, social currency among people? Are you influential? Are you a connector? Those things, those soft skills are valuable. Now, um, and see, here's the ultimate thing. When you enter into that world, the women of a certain value get to decide who they're going to give their opportunities to. It's always been that way. Then it's up to you to go ahead and close her on being that being the best best deal. And what makes a lot of guys upset is they feel like they can get a woman on that looks level, but is she on there on the uh, character level? Does she have the skills, or is she? Because you can be a pretty ratchet, mm-hmm. and uh, or you know uh, trailer park whatever. I mean, however you frame it, yeah. the net net of it is. We have made it so bad to be normal, average, what fits you. And that's what I want, that's what I really want to get people to do is you you make yourself miserable trying to be something you're not. I, I, I remember I did a show on ranking guys being high value. And so many guys would call in, they said they want to be high value and ask them why. And they couldn't tell me why. I'm like, man, you don't have to be high value. Why do you want to be happy? And um, I got emails from guys saying, thank you. Thank you for taking it off me because I'm happy doing this you know, not-for-profit work or this. And I was like, okay, cool. But stop trying to get Beyonce to be your wife, too, now, because that ain't, that, those, those two things don't line up. <laughs> no, and that's good. And and now I want to get to the, the part that for the men that I think is one of your best messages, is that there are other things that can make you happy besides the, the superficial beauty. Oh, yeah. I think the, the number one problem is, there's so much validation, mm-hmm. affirmation, identity in that beautiful woman mm-hmm. that the men don't realize that you can actually experience those things yourself. And then no matter what woman that you get, if you're not happy, content, and with your own self as a man, you're going to be miserable your entire life. Right. See, that whole confident, intelligent, and assertive, that's the underlying thing. But if you are doing your work, following your why, your life will be fulfilling enough to where you can, whatever you attract, you'll attract like-minded people. Um, and you'd be surprised that women are even drawn to that. But it doesn't have to, women should not be the reason. They should be the add-on. They're the help me. They're there to be, I, I hate to use this term, but I will, they're, they're an add-on for you. And see, when you grow up without a father or, or that kind of thing, you know, we're trying to please mom so much. So guys get lost in that. So they take their eye off their purpose and they start trying to do this. And that's too much pressure to be over there. See, more men need to be around other men. If we have to build an organization, we are going to we are going to rank ourselves. Someone has to be the CEO. 
CFO, CIO, the regional manager, this, that, and the workers. Men have, we have learned how to work together by ranking ourselves. And there's no problem in ranking. Um, you can have a, even like on YouTube, go, it goes in cycles. You may be hot, but how can you be helpful or useful to somebody else? And men have to realize that you gain more uh, gratification out of life by working with others, working with other men. And that's really what attracts women. Because uh, the average uh, everyday guy who's working with another guy, he's making bagels, he's making, or you making peanut butter, you making jelly, you making bread, y'all making sandwiches. Guess what? Y'all so busy making sandwiches. Next, what? Next thing the women in the village are like, <laughs> they want to come by to figure out what's going on, and it tends to work itself out. We have forgotten how to do relationship. And that's one of the things that I think that is drawing guys to an image consultant's channel because it's the life coaching component that a lot of guys are drawn to, um, which is, as we get to the next part of the interview, that's really what's starting now. <laughs> wow. And, 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 and so going back to if you were giving advice to a young man who's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm interested in a long-term relationship with a woman, I think a lot of guys really do not know what to look for. I think, I think like I said, the only thing they're doing is the looks. Mm -hmm. So if you were to tell, okay, these are the things that you need to be looking for in a, a woman to be a long-term partner. What are some of the characteristics that you feel like are the most important for guys taking into consideration? Well, that, that, that's a broad one. Um, looks are important after character's there. Yeah. Um, so often guys overlook, is she nice to you? Does she inspire you to be a better man? Uh, you know, you gotta look at look at her, how she look at her opinion of men. Um, that's really what it comes down to. You gotta look at why she wants to be, what she thinks of men, and then what purpose does she have in your life? What do you have for her to do too? Because you can want a woman, a long-term relationship for a woman, but do you have an availability or an opening? See, unfortunately, the uh, the democratization of information with the internet and with social media and then the internet has actually changed the landscape. We are going through the largest change in human communication and evolution since the printing press. Hundreds of years from now, they're going to study this time. And we're living through it. So while whereas in decades gone by, you used to could have a high school diploma, didn't have to go to college, go get a good factory job and marry young. Now you had a different scenario. You, you may end up having to wait from 18 to really about 30 years old before you really start taking your eye off the ball and thinking to start dealing with in a relationship. And that's hard because our energy, our testosterone is still the same way. I would tell more young men to do this. Focus, follow what Gary Vee says. Keep your head down and eat crap until you're 30. Learn what works for you. Get out there, fail, try some things. You know, spend about 5 to 10% of your time dating, all that kind of stuff. I don't expect you to be a monk. <laughs> uh, but I also recommend having men around you who know you, who know what is good for you, to have your gauntlet. That's what I have around me. I have friends around me that I respect their opinion enough to substitute for my own. So let's say if I had, if I said, oh, man, I found this chicken, da 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 I have people in my life who'd be like, uh-huh. And they can sit down and talk to you like, uh, you know. <laughs> And I would sit back and I'd really listen to him because 
that's my man's. Yeah. And he's not going to say something going to hurt me. And I'm like, but but he's like, yeah, but you, you're blind. You can't see. But I, oh. See, man, relationships, love and all that stuff, it may not sound nice, will come later. You really need to know if you can work with this person long term because we're messy, complex people. And somebody who's going to be able to have that lasting power, and that's what we don't do well. We do short-term well. we got to remember how to do long-term. And I'll shorten it up. Is we, we think about the back in the day where grandma and great-grandma and great-great-grandparents, they was married 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, but they also had some very uncomfortable loose ends. They had some entanglements. <laughs> they, you know, it wasn't, it was not, hey, man. <laughs> but, that, but, that is, but that's human history of planet-wide. It's always been there. And we have to have a higher tolerance for failure. One of the most impactful things that I think came out of the Red Table Talk with Will and Jada is Will said, being able to make a mistake without fear of losing your family is a huge thing for a man. And that's what so many men fear in relationships. They don't, it's not that men don't want to be with women. They just don't want to lose it all. So that's what I try to get uh, some of the uh, women to understand that you, there's a lot of fear, but it's not as though men don't want it. They want it. They just may want it too soon and then don't even know what it is. So it's it's interesting to be a man these days. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I don't even y'all young guys, man. <laughs> so so let's let's get to the Uh oh. The, the here we here we go. Let's get to the trouble part of the Ooh. podcast. Here we go. These gentlemen to give you guys give them probably a good forty minutes, okay. good forty minutes for them to be satisfied. So if you guys want to tune out now, oh man, <laughs> this is the time to exit the stage left. They're probably going to tune in. <laughs> I need a passport yeah. to get to this part. <laughs> a spike right here. <laughs> so one of the biggest things mm-hmm. is that I've seen so much anger from women about your message. I've seen a lot of praise, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of people thanking you, right. keeping it 100. That's the thing that, as content creators, know how we are. Yeah, we can get 50 great compliments. We see that one negative. That's what we. That's what the video is about. <laughs> yes. So, so why? Because I, those funny. I get the same complaints you get. <laughs> so why do you feel like if you're if you're being as objective, you're if you're putting yourself in the in the 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 psychologist's chair right now. Mm-hmm. Why do so? Why are so many women offended by your content? Well, one because they don't listen to it. They see they come and see a black man in a suit with that with that background and everything else, and they're used to hearing mother, goddess, queen, the black <laughs> woman is God, and they're not used to hearing um, such a direct message, mm-hmm. and it. The picture says one thing, but the message is another. Mm. And they automatically, the first time I say something, it's like, well, and they get triggered quickly. Mm. But if you listen to what I'm saying overall, I have women who will sit back and say, at first I got upset, but then I came back. I'll get my hair cut today, and a woman left me eight comments. I'm like, I ain't going to even pray for you. And I'm like, (laughs) "Um, here's the thing. Let's go back to that eighth place trophy. We have told... Women across the world, it doesn't matter what size you are. Mm-hmm. Nobody can judge you. Your your body, your choice, 
your womb, your that, that. And uh, this has been going on for a long time. Uh, Shahara Zad Ali wrote a book in 8990, The Black Man's Guide to Understanding the Black Woman, where she chronicled that the everybody in this country, the black man included, had been put under a microscope and examined. But the only one in this country that has not had this kind of treatment is black women. And if you go back and look at some clips from Oprah, Donahue, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, anything from Shaharazad Ali, look it up and see what that sister was saying. She was prophesizing what's happening right now. Um, black media right now, there is no black male media run by black men for black men. The best you have is Ebony Essence, Madame Noir, these things. And they have a large female base because women support Women spend 73 cents out of every dollar. There's a, a, a media, there's an economic component to telling your market what they want to hear. However, the sobering statistic is one out of four black women won't marry. The sobering statistic is 80% of black women, 80% are overweight. When Spellman took away that complete college athletics because they noticed so many incoming freshmen were obese. So as an image consultant, I started to witness that um, men were getting all ready to go, and there's there's no women out there available for them. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm starting to witness that when I'm working with women, uh, I'm like, dear, you're five foot four, two hundred and sixty. There's nothing that really fits you. So I was realizing that I could tell men some truths, and men would want to do something about it, but women. They would get upset. Mom wanted to refund it. I'm like, so I'm like, what's going on? Then I watched Rebecca Lynn Pope's video. Mm-hmm. And it, it, she gave the other side. And I was like, I see. I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. So I started to kind of go a little bit further into this. What a lot of women object to is they've not being, they're not used to being told the truth. Just the simple truth. It doesn't matter how nicely I try to word it. I think if you watch my broadcast, I struggle sometimes using all my corporate skills. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be watching you. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to be tact with you. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm a well-schooled communicator. Uh, neuro-linguistic pro- programming certified. I mean, I'm, I'm really trying, but at some point, how do you tell someone who is 40 years old, who is... 260 pounds, three children by two different men, and who was objectively an average-looking woman that uh, high-value men, men earning this kind of money, don't see you. That's offensive to them. But the thing is, it wasn't offensive 50 years ago because we actually had to we had to deal with more reality and ranking ourselves. So what that, changed? What changed? Um, Lots of things changed uh, in the black community. In particular, what changed is, you know, no-fault divorce, um, um, the advent of the welfare state, and there's a thing called the Monaghan Report that kind of prophesized, yeah, uh, the, the destruction of, of the family because black men have effectively been removed from the family. No other group of women has a song talking about I'm independent. I'm this, I don't need no man. I mean, this has been put into our culture. I actually went back and did some research on color purple and some of the stuff even put it on microfiche in the eighties talking about the dangerous depictions of men. See, here's what's changed. 
we've gone through this entire late 80s, early 90s of, you know, girl power. And I'm all for the empowerment, but we don't, but we need each other. And now uh, my generation, Generation X, we were lied to. The, uh, the men were told to be baby face. I'll bet you a ring, I'll tie your clothes. And, uh, and the women don't want guys that are that soft. I, I Trust me, I've went that way. It don't work. And then uh, women were told they need to be superwoman, and they don't want all that pressure. Um, so now people are, are looking for answers, especially when you have a global thing that happens. I don't want to trigger the algorithm. Uh, when something like that happens and every other group is sequestered in place with their significant other, and their kids, and you got this group over here by themselves. I mean, if you look on blackdemographics.com, the statistics are sobering. So um, they're coming to my show or calling because, one, no matter what other content creators will tell women, the end pro- the end consumer of a product that is a woman is a man. And uh, I don't want to... Uh, Steve Harvey wrote that book, Think like a man, think like a woman, act like a I'm sorry, whatever. I think, it is. I think it's think like a woman, act like a man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So if you notice that a lot of these places, the audience is full of women. There are no men there. Well, I talked to men first, and I understood what men want, think, such and so forth. And now the women are starting to realize we need to hear what men think, and they realize that it ain't. So that's the, it's, uh, the, the, here's the thing. You tell them a lot of truth that the reality of their life shows them, but they don't want to hear it. Man, that's a really good point. And so, I've, like Crystal, I study this very thoroughly. And one of the biggest things that you describe is how, especially in the black community, the independent woman phenomenon really shaped the community. And I will, I will, I will give them the benefit of the doubt how mm-hmm. the war on drugs really crippled the black community oh, yes. after, you know, the 60s. And mm-hmm. like, I, I give them credit that they had to build themselves strong yeah. and independent because a lot of the men would be removed from the household. So I, I will give them the credit. But I think there is a level of delusion mm-hmm. in the modern woman for really understanding what men want. And mm-hmm. your point that you brought up so much is that a lot of women are in spaces that are just affirmation, confirmation, affirmation mm-hmm. bias. Mm-hmm. It's just spaces that tell them exactly what they need to hear, usually majority women, and there's a, there's a lack of reality for what is true. So a quick example I would give. I did a video mm-hmm. a couple uh, weeks ago called Christian Pastors Lie to Women. I was going to go. I was about to go to the, I was about to go to the Christian church. I was about to go to the Christian church. Christian feminism. Reminding life because the Christian pastors mm-hmm. have, because what happens now is theology. It's one thing if um, Kevin says you can get this. Prosperity another, another preaching. Mm. If, you know, your mom says you can get this. But if God mm-hmm. says you, you no matter what you do, you can get this amazing, perfect, yes. loyal Boaz. Boaz. You know what I mean? You can get this hood Jesus, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Tough and strong, but we'll let we'll let you do like like they've sold them this dream. And I told them, I said, my biggest thing is that if you're selling me a product, I want to see how successful the product is. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to buy that microphone, the one that you use, I want to see who uses it. Mm-hmm. Is it successful? Like, what, it, what is the sound quality like? So these pastors are selling the pro- this product of do this and mm-hmm. you'll get this man. 
but you look at the, the modern black church, 80% mm. of them are single. Yep. So uh, I was baptized at five. I grew up in the church. And one of my most uh, impactful videos were Christian feminists, mm. which is oxymoron. And see, the thing is, in the church, I watched my marriage fall apart right along with other guys because I'm like, these women are hearing something different than what the pastor is saying. Mm. In, the, in, the, in the late 80s, 90s, we, we went to prosperity gospel. Yeah. And what happened was that when preachers started to realize when they got away from the Old Testament and some of the fire and brimstone, I mean, yeah. you used to couldn't be a single mother and come up in the church sit in the front row. <laughs> I mean, or a lot of things, because, yeah. you know, were not acceptable. There were, we got rid of guilt, shame, and judgment. Yeah. And you have a hands-off kind of thing to where men have left the church because once there was no... The men's ministry really wasn't there. It was just older guys and then kids. Mm -hmm. And see, here's the thing. Women are starting to realize when you go to church on Sundays, 80%. You know, I was over singles ministry at three different churches. Mm -hmm. And I got into a conflict with the last pastor. I'm like, y'all want me to tell these women something that the the gospel doesn't even support. And uh, I had it out with a pastor. I was like, you're really just trying to keep these tithes and coming in. and mm-hmm. But these women want husbands. Because yeah. I was like, the way you want me to teach this or talk about this, I said, I just threw it out. And, and we had vacation Bible school. Three people was there one day. It was packed the next day. They had, they're like, I had to go to the, the main auditorium. Uh, they're like, why? I'm like, because somebody finally told the truth. Mm-hmm. See, at the end of the day, Women realize that they want men. Uh, did did you interview Shamboni? Mm-hmm. Shamboni used to be uh, was well known for saying she didn't want kids. I don't want no kids. I don't want no kids. No one. Uh 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 uh. married right now, six months pregnant. And had a video yesterday talking about. I am coming back and tell you how I was against kids. I want. That's a biological drive. Mm-hmm. We have been trying to get people to live in conflict to nature, and and now we're starting to have to. Uh, have these conversations with two sides that have really been at a cold war. Mm-hmm. They've lost the ability to even like one another. There's a low level amount of discontent and lack of respect that many women have for men, and they didn't necessarily put it there themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could go into this fair. Our culture is not one of uh, family and this and that. I mean, we don't even have love songs anymore. It's just about twerking and dropping and this. <laughs> but people still want to get together. And here's the thing. I have a, a great uh, faith and belief in a people's ability to self-correct. See, one thing the men got to understand is different about women. We'll pick a favorite team and we'll stick with it. We're loyal. Yeah. No, understand what I'm about to say, ladies. <laughs> understand what I'm about to say. Don't get mad. <laughs> women are survival. And there, and the thing is, women realize that there is a survival thing that goes along with men. In Japan, people are dying by themselves. It's called kodokoshi. There's a whole uh, uh, thing going on to where people in their later years are supposed to be cared for by the family and extended family. No country is set up to have older or elder care fall on the responsibility of the state. So now you got people in this thing that just happened have a, people have often said it would would take an act of God to make this happen. Well, we got one now, don't we? Mm -hmm. And now people are finally 
looking around because a lot of the stuff I'm talking about, we've been talking about it for a while, but now people are at home, I work, and ain't nobody in the house with them. And the good thing I see is, yeah, I wake up. I don't even look at the comments anymore, man. I just don't. I mean, after first I'm just like, I have some filters set, and I'm like, all right, just let them go. But the show is growing, and people are responding. People are calling in. And what makes me feel good is when uh, they see that I'm balanced about it. I'm trying to give, you know, good faith, uh, well-intended advice. It's just advice. And I have more people coming in saying I appreciate it. And, and that's all you can really expect. Well, that's good. There's so much I want to unpack on that one. But I want to go forward. I want to go back okay. a little bit. But I think one of the things, going back to the point I made about delusion, which probably triggered a ton of people, uh, the point that I, I think is that in a, in a very similar manner, I think the church kind of lost the idea of, you know, faith without work is dead. Yes. You know, the, the people hate this term, but the Protestant work ethic. You yes. know, there, there, there is nothing theologically about a result that came about without a lack of work, you know? Hashtag show your work. <laughs> <laughs> and, so for, and so for me, I think one of the challenges that women face is they really don't understand what men desire in women. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of the beauty magazines are trying to, you go, girl, beautiful, black queen, all that stuff, no matter what you, like, they're, they're trying to sell them, sell them an image. <laughs> are you, are you <laughs> sure you want to do this to your channel? <laughs> you know, they're trying to sell them an image. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my thing is, I understand, there's nothing wrong with calling yourself beautiful. But mm-hmm. going back to the sort of the mating point, mm-hmm. the problem is when you put yourself on a level, mm-hmm. Then you have to put someone below you. Yes. So what? Like I said, you can think of yourself however you want. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you're like, okay, I'm this kind of woman, and I want this kind of man, mm-hmm. and I don't want any of these other men because they're not equally yoked. Yep. <laughs> they love that word. Well, see, and I come at this from so many different levels. As an image professional, yeah. this is plaguing my industry. Mm. Body positivity. Mm. Look, clothes are made off of a block pattern. The average height of the American male is five foot nine, not five foot, 166 pounds. That's what it was in 1960. Men's weight has increased about five pounds. The average height of the American woman's five foot four, average weight 120, now it's 166. Women weigh almost as much as men. So when everything in the country or the world has geared to make you go to any store and extra large, this, this all off a certain size. Now the sizes have had to get so high because we can't say anything. If you say something, it's shaming, or you're, you're or you're being misogynistic, or so you're you're having women. Uh, what was her name? Tess Holiday on the cover of Cosmopolitan. This woman is upwards of th- close to three hundred pounds, and they try to say she's one of the most beautiful women in the world, and. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're pushing this no, no, no standard, no nothing. And you can do that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, men are the consumers and men aren't buying it. Yeah. Because, see, here's the thing. You can be an average, acute looking woman. And and years ago, you could have got a man, a husband. a But now when you are trying to put on someone else's hair, uh, put on some... Even if you don't do that, but just the the weight is doing a lot, man. I can't say in the black man the weight is doing a lot because 
I have women who are calling in who don't even realize that it's an issue. I had a woman call in the other day, and I said, ma'am, at your height and your weight, I mean, no offense, ma'am, but you're the size of a middle linebacker. And she said, no, I'm not. I'm like, and I went and pulled up Lawrence Taylor. Mm -hmm. NFL great. I'm like, and I was like, he's four inches taller than you. She was shocked. So um, how do we get this back on track? Well, when four out of five of our sisters are overweight and no one can tell you nothing, I don't know who can get through to them. Um, it's going, we have to start having women be honest with each other. Because when you're raised in our, in our culture, mom leaves the house. So they may hear it from me, but until women start actually having, let's just use it, thoughtful, respectful conversations about, hey, we need to probably do this for our own health, for men or whatever, because men don't care why you do it. We just want it there. Uh, because here's the thing. Men can't turn off, off and on their produ their provider. If a man falls on hard time, stop perform or producing, we can judge him. And if if a man's not masculine, we can judge him. Well, we got to have that standard back up for men and women. And um, the question is, uh, are people really willing to do it? And I honestly have more faith that they are than they're not. That's a great point. And I think one of the challenges is with this hookup generation, the problem is a lot of women confuse um, sexual attention <laughs> from long-term retention, right? Yep. They, they confuse that because somebody's willing to have sex with you. That doesn't necessarily mean that paying person will marry you, and that's a lot of times the mm -hmm. case. So from your personal experience, if you're advising a young woman who wants to be married, what are some of the things that men are looking for in a woman if they're desiring long-term marriage and relationship? Um. Well, one of the biggest things outside of the weight, the fitness. Fitness has, fitness is just a standard requirement of all men. Um, like you said, don't confuse short-term access with long-term commitment. When I talk about getting a high-value man, I even try to turn it to getting a high-value husband because that people are equating the two. Then the second one, this one's gonna hurt. No children. Mm. Uh, 51% of black men are single and childless. 64% of them are in the middle class. We've been told that, you know, all these all these other things. But if a man doesn't have children, he doesn't want to necessarily raise another man's children. I say, ladies, understand, women tell men what you think they deserve by your looks and your weight. So what do you tell a men they think what you think they deserve? So the looks, the lack of children, and then... Here's the other thing. They talk, we talk about femininity, beauty, inspiration, all that. Really, it's cooperation. Men just want you to be cooperative. Can you work with me? Work with me. And that's what more than, more than anything else. Now, I say women are great with their feminine, beautiful, and inspirational. I have a higher standard because I feel like that you, if you want the best, you should be the best. You should not want a man who is a master of the universe, and he's just getting a, you know, he has to work to become that. Are you a, an appropriate reward or appropriate prize for that catch? Um, let me see if I can shorten it down. Ladies, are you going into your relationships with men in good faith? And are you in it for the long call? Are you in, or is it, I'm here, but as soon as this happens or that happens, I'm out. 
If you're going, we have too many people who are not entering into it with good faith because for whatever reason. That's why I recommend therapy so much. Mm-hmm. One of the things I recommend is therapy is because we come from a culture that has been fractured and never had a chance to heal. Mm-hmm. But the world doesn't owe us understanding. Yeah. You didn't have your daddy. I didn't have my daddy. Whatever, whatever. Okay, so what? You're a grown person. You know you got issues. Go get some co- some therapy because at the end of the day, you're trying to work with get somebody to work with you, and you need to know at least have that clean bill of mental health. And it's don't wait until a crisis. And even if you think you're okay, just go get a tune-up. Just go see. And I think that would do us more benefit. And then the other side, for ladies, so many men will say, ladies, your only interaction with men tends to be in a short-term hookup kind of thing. you got to become far more curious about men. You don't even understand who men are, what men want. What you think they want is just in the bedroom, and there's far more to it because there are men who are willing to accept a a lot different things from a woman. At the end of the day, between any man and any woman, there's always going to be a unique relationship. But they both got to feel like they're getting something out of it to want to stay in it for the long term. No, I, I really I really love that point. And similar to what we talked about with the men, and, and uh, my friend Stefan, he, he does a really good job of really breaking the this The Huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He does a really great job because I think sometimes with the women, you have to use a male example for a woman to get the woman example, right? So if there's a guy who's broke at his mom's house, mm-hmm. and he's like, Why, where are the good women at? Mm-hmm. Most women will be clear as day and be like, well, right. get a job, get off your feet, get your own place, and then try now. Right. So to me, it's uncomfortable. We have to be honest. The, the financial stability equivalent to most men, to me, would be the, the weight. Mm-hmm. That weight. For a lot of women, if they would get and, and the And I think the my number one message is, is about your best Yes. Wait. It's not about being a size zero, it's not mm-hmm. being a, a runway model. It's what's the healthiest, best weight for you? Because even if you really watch your content, mm-hmm. you you tell some women that, look, you're you're working out. So you can hold 160 a little mm-hmm. bit better. So sometimes it's not even about the numbers, it's about you being in your best shape. Right. And so I feel as though what needs to happen is that both men and women have to be honest about what the other party's asking from us and not so much get mad at people for telling us the truth. And here's the thing. We should have declared a national emergency of the black community on, on eight, two decades ago. Um, until we really start being honest about it, because it is having detrimental effects. I mean, the marital rate continues to drop. In 2019, the marital rate actually increased in this country. Divorce in this country has been halved since 1990. That's with other groups. In the black community, it's still going down. And the marital rate in the black community is being buoyed by the remaining boomers and Generation X. If you take out the boomers and Generation X, the marital rate, I would be terrified to see what it is if you actually just took out Elder millennials, millennials, and zennials, I would say it's probably in the teens, mm. mid-teens. And the net net of it is the majority of people out there are not top 10% men and top 20% women. The majority of people are just average, everyday good folks. Mm. And, ever, and people want to be with people of their own group. An average man with an average woman can live an above-average lifestyle because it's easier to do that. So a lot of guys, I've, I've got a lot of heat from guys 
uh, for talking about marriage so much. And I'm like, well, understand something. Uh, especially for high-value men, in the corporate world, marriage is a component you have to consider because you don't see many uh, single, unmarried, middle, upper executive managers. But the thing is, it's marrying well. And we have lost the ability to do relationship. And we'll gain the ability to do relationship when we actually start looking at ourselves as, am I a good catch for that person? Whether then what can they do for me? Coming at it very selfish versus very selfless. I.e., when you want to do a collaboration, you reached out and said, I would like to do this. It's how can I help you? And that's how you're supposed to do it. And conversely, I was reaching out on my own way. So we have gotten to the point to where it's all about me, 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 me. And that's never going to work. It's never going to work. One of my favorite books I encourage everybody, you probably read it before, Millionaire Next Door. Mm-hmm. Millionaire Next Door, they talk about one of the most comprehensive studies done on millionaires. And mm-hmm. it said 90% of millionaires in America are married. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the, the, the best messages I think you give is that the importance of marriage. And there's a ton of reasons that we can spend all, mm-hmm. the, rest, all the podcasts talking about them. But like you said, especially in the black community, the rate is pummeling. And mm-hmm. what and what people don't realize when you're trying to build real wealth, two is better than one. Oh yeah, you know you can be the greatest tennis player of all time, but if you're playing doubles and, and they're playing doubles, you're playing single. Mm-hmm. It, it can still be a challenge. And so, what do you think can tangibly be done to be able to improve and create a more more healthier marriages in the future? We got to start talking about it. I mean, we don't even talk about it. Um, we have to go from the I don't need no man or the 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 or the system is set up for men to be failures because one of the questions I ask is why do men of other races rich and successful or wealthy men marry, divorce and remarry in the current environment? Our culture has to push relationship. That's what it has to come down to. Now, to the sociologists, the anthropologists, you understand how to actually. We need a we need a reformation in our culture. Um, I don't deal with that portion of it. I deal with the individual. And what I try to deal with the individual more is getting your head right and stop looking at the opposite sex as the enemy. I mean, when you hear some of these women talk about high-value men, they're talking about a high-value lifestyle that they can get through that man's money. And I ask the ladies, what do you think a man is hearing when he hears that? And then I turn around and ask guys a similar question. Why do you want her and you want her just to be some vacuous bubble head on your arm. What do you think that's saying to her? We got to realize what we're here for, our natural roles, because we are the own, we are, we're the bizarro land. A friend of mine says we're living in bizarro land, and we have to really get to the point to where we, life is necessary. And stop saying, I don't need no man. Yes, you do. The female on the planet cannot survive successfully without the male. And men and the men want the women. It's not as though you need us, we don't need you. See, that, that war thing, that means there's a winner and loser. Here's the thing. While that happens, I mean, if we got into this, we get into it. There's a, lot of, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people making money off black, black relationship dysfunction. Keeping black women away from black men does what? Black women, black people spend more of their disposable income than anybody else. The black dollar circulates six hours. Most groups, it circulates anywhere from 33 days, 16 days, uh... 12 days, six days in Hispanic community. Hispanic community circulates six hours. Why? We can be paid at 5 o'clock on uh, Friday. Black people are broke by midnight. Why? Because you got Kenya living over here and you got Keith living over there. 
He got an apartment. She got an apartment. They're paying two rents, two utilities, two everything else versus got one house, one mortgage, got some property. What do you do? Live together. You got consolidated expenses, kids born in that household, tax breaks, everything else, like everybody else in this country. But we got everybody trying to live separately and girls trips and hot boy summer and all this other kind of stuff. And then realizing that you wasted a lot of time and who's made money on that? Because you look in the, we don't own the businesses in our community. That's somebody else because they did what it took. They got together. They made, they got family and everything else. And a lot of people say, why? Yeah, I'm an imperfect, like you. Well, how can you push this message? Uh, The truth is the truth regardless who says it. And we have to get to the point to where we can say, look, we are who we are. So now here's the point. We got black men are like, okay, I can see the facts, statistics, the data. You're right. Who goes first? That's the problem we have right now. Who goes first? And it's like the chicken or the egg. And it's like, and, and ultimately that's why I say the therapy and all that stuff comes in place because if you don't have good faith and belief in your best possibility in the future, hope, if that's gone, you're always going to sit back like this. Yeah, I can hear you, but you go first and then I'll follow. So, uh, yeah, we probably going to get a lot from that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love that part because, you know, like I said, Safan talks about it a lot. And the number one thing he talks about is healing. Mm-hmm. And you talk about it through therapy because at the end of the day, like, there's some serious psychological trauma on both sides of the party. Yes. Because to me, you know, the the, the radical feminist, I don't need a man, Miss Independent. But you see a lot of that in the men community. You know, all these women are this, you know what I mean? All women are evil, da, da, da. So we definitely do need a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. Like you said, to be able to create healthier relationships for the future. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, the black, <laughs> the black community coming out of slavery we were 80% married. We were the most married people through some of the worst times, black lives, Jim Crow, slavery, segregation, all this other kind of stuff. We were married at a rate of 80%. But after the, the, uh, great, uh, the great, the welfare act and the whole great society thing, there's an entire thing to look at. We know how to do this. Thing is we stop looking at each, looking at each other as partners and solutions and as, either enemies or what can I get from you? And see, that's what this whole situation here, this this COVID thing is allowed to realize, you know what? Uh, I need somebody around here. And, you know, life is easier when you got more than one person. And I've, and as much as I, even, even with Worldstar, the clip that went viral on Worldstar, what they, what people don't hear is if you just give it a chance, you'll hear me having real conversations with women. I have women who say I've saved their marriage. And that once I've had several women say, I listened to you, I was gonna do this, but and I, I thought about it and blah blah blah. I had seven women say they got seven people last year say they got married, listen to my channel. And I'm not a relationship guy. I'm just a life coach. <laughs> so no, because like I said, I think what people lose from you is that there comes a point with some of the viral clips. If you go backwards, mm-hmm. it's the delusion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the guy who's at home, not doing much with his life, saying, Kevin, you know, I want to be high-value male. That's and, what and, and you're, you're talking to me like, hey, why do you want to be high-value male? And you realize that he has no ambition. He has no drive. He just wants it because he's seen it on Instagram. Yeah. So the clip they watch of you is you telling him, hey, you're probably never going to be high-value right. male. That's what, they, that's what they cut out. But they don't, they don't listen to when you're mm. trying to figure out what's at the bottom of this. 
what started back a couple of years ago, I noticed that I was having guys booking image consults. And I and they know that I do live coaching, but it was really a cover for them being involuntarily celibate. Mm-hmm. Because I have an entire questionnaire, just like you go to a physician, there's an intake process. And I started to realize, what is it you want to get? And, this and, that, and, I, and then I'm like, well, even if we got your image together, you don't have a life. Mm-hmm. So I started to have to speak to this. And the more I spoke to it, it was like, why? And what you start to realize is when a guy has no life, no network, there's, there's no desire. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to go out and be competitive. I'm making $80,000 a year as a coder. And all right. And so with some of those guys, I've actually had to say, here's some things. And I actually went back to school and, and had to get some additional teaching, training, and certification to learn how to empathetically consult with these people. Um, so it started with the men first. Mm-hmm. And then the, the women, I also noticed that thing, too. Again, people have always talked to me. In my, my entire life, I get on the elevator, how you doing? Next thing I know, a woman's breaking down in tears, mm-hmm. telling me she got a divorce. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just the gift I have. Yeah. So I'm just trying to use the gift I have to to be as effective as possible. As content creators, we have to make a little bit of humor. You have to keep it a little interesting and entertaining. I think you guys understand that there's a there's a business component, but to the end of the day, the intent is good. Yes. The, the my 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 heart is in the right place, as it were, because if the if the best outcome for men is to have a happy, successful legacy. And the best outcome for women is to have a man that they can do something with, then we all win. I mean, what else are we going to say? You want men over here living till they die, occasionally visiting a woman to have a release and a woman over here? I mean, what are we really saying? We don't know how to do that. That's not how we're made. Mm. That's powerful. And so I know you've shared in the past about you being married. Um, What Mm. were some of the, the biggest lessons that you feel as though you learned from marriage in the past that you feel like young men such as myself need to understand? Well, you know, I look at the, some of the biggest lessons I learned, number one, is you can't get content in your own relationship. Here's the thing. When you start, men, men have a tendency to want to rest and, and sit down, especially when you're raised by mama. And even though the relationship's, may have not worked out. I take full blame for my part in it and for responsibility because I know I should have kept pushing, doing the things I want to. Now, here's the thing. I didn't stop becoming the top producer, stop performer, but I, I felt like I fell off of not having that drive, that push, that leadership, that, that North Star um, of what I needed to do. I mean, it's, there's a thing, like I said, with men, we tend to become content. And contentedness is, is death. I think to men, and when you start to relax, you relax when you retire. And the thing is, what do you notice about most successful men? They never retire. Mm-hmm. If you study Success Magazine with Darren Hardy, one of the largest repositories of success information, men continue to push and push and push and push. Number one, number two, uh, not shrugging off the burden of masculine performance. You should be paying for one hundred percent of everything, even if she can do something putting it squarely on your shoulders because then that helps her stay in her feminine energy even if she wants to do anything great. Whatever she's doing, you should be living on what you're doing, live at your budget, and you should be setting the North Star. See, in the black community, we've been told that we should be partners. Mm. And that's a mistake. 
being partners doesn't tend to work well with us because black women still want to be treated like every other woman. They want to feel protected and provided for. Mm-hmm. Um, I say my generation, we were given a messed up template. We were told to be a generation of softer men and we got a generation of harder women. Mm-hmm. So when uh, my marriages fell apart, uh, I, like I said, took the responsibility and said, all right, what's going wrong here? You may have had your head in the right place, but what do you need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And see, surprisingly, people are like, well, would you ever get married again? Yes. And I don't, and I wouldn't get a divorce again because at least now I'm in a position now to where I know why I would want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I know what I would expect. And thing is, for a man, I think you need to have very, very understood standards, very understood job expectation, a very simple, a very understood place for her to fit in. Can you explain, though, what, what is that for you? What do you? Why do you want to do and what do you expect? Well, let's say, here's the thing. A, a wife is to be a helpmate. So it, if it's a marriage is a business, what's her job? Her job is to do what? Support the support the, the, the philosophy, the mission statement, whatever we're doing. We're making widgets. You need to help me make the, I don't need you to help me make the widgets. I need you to help me sell the widget, market the widgets, or look at the widget uh, uh forecast or whatever, because women have a, a list of abilities and skills that men just don't have. We're much more processed. They're much more feelings. Um, and the thing is, if as a man, if you don't have something for her to do, if she's supposed to feel like she has to go get in there, well, I need to help you lead this direction. No, because she's going to, we process things logically. Women process things through their emotions. Um, and that's just a different way of looking at the world. And see, also, I don't think enough of us go into premarital counseling. We don't really have honest conversations about it. Why are we here? Do you do you want children? Do you not want children? A lot of things you have to iron out up front. Not coming from a culture of marriage, we we fall in love, and we want to and think love can conquer all. That's the movies, and that, that movies ain't real. Marriage is ugly, and what did Chris Rock say? You got to be able to deal with the crust of a person, mm-hmm. and that's what it really comes down to. So, it's not that the institution of marriage is bad; it's just my, it's just that um, our culture and, and the way we implement it is improper. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: the ultimate responsibility comes down to us men. Mm-hmm. And the way the laws are set up, we bear. A, if it goes off the cliff, we are at a greater disadvantage. So what? Rich and wealthy uh, non-black men marry, divorce, and remarry before and or after attaining the rich and wealthy status. What do they know and understand about marriage that single middle class or lower upper class black men don't? That question caused me more problems on my channel, but I wanted more guys to understand. What do they understand about marriage? You mar- Why are they doing it even in the same environment? See, we're doing it. I don't. I want you guys to go figure that thing out for yourself because didn't you say you're Nigerian? Yes, sir. So different culture. Yes, sir. So different culture, and there is a you don't just go marry this person's daughter without having a, a, a situation or a plan for her. That man gets vetted because you got to be able to take this person and take take good care of her. We don't have that anymore. We used to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have made marriage romantic, and it has to be business, uh, and it sounds so cold, but really it does because all the responsibility falls upon the man's shoulders as it should, because if it falls upon them, 
women, they are not they are not built for it like we are, and they'll break quicker. You will break your woman by putting too much on her. And uh, that's one of the things I realized that I wasn't the kind of man I needed to be. So even though my intention may have been good, put some pressures on women that should have broke. Uh, I never really talk bad about my exes. Uh, that's just not something I do. So no, 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 no. I didn't expect you to do so. And I think the part that I really love that you were able to do is, as a man, is that responsibility. Yes. And I think that's when when people talk about leadership. I think when women hate the idea of the man as a leader. End of the day, the leader is when everything goes wrong. Who who do we blame? You, the head, the head. Exactly. And so, like you like you pointed out, like. One of the, the big the big issues that a lot of men today have not learned how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. A lot of men today have not learned that masculine burden because I describe it as a lot of people are the mama's boy generation. Yep. A lot of people were surrogate husbands to their mothers. Yep. So a lot of dudes are so used to a woman taking care of them and women having all the responsibilities and women being in charge. So a lot of these men cannot walk in that masculinity and that leadership. Mm-hmm. So when they have these issues, a lot of men get mad and blame the women instead of using looking in the mirror and seeing where could they improve themselves. And to go to build on to that, it's easier to be in that mindset when you're a solo individual man not working and collaborating with other men. Mm-hmm. See, if you were making bread, I'm making peanut butter, he's making jelly, somebody else is making plastic, somebody else has a truck, we got to collaborate to figure out how to get these sandwiches to the market. Mm-hmm. We are working together uh, seven days a week. If you have a problem at home, we can talk amongst the men and say, hey, man, you're kind of slipping, man. I even noticed at work you've been kind of, man, you're putting on like 10 pounds, man. What's going on? But when we're by ourselves, working by ourselves, not having any men, not having any men's spaces, not having any place where men to come together, it is far easier to fall back into that mama's boy thing and just because it's comfortable. It's comfortable and it's easy, but it's wrong. We, I would not mind if we had boys school and girls school for the next 30 plus years because in order to get this back on track, we're going to have to bring up the value of what it means to be a man let women understand what it means to be a woman and in these modern times, how women should interact with men, how men should interact with women, because we got to have that back. Every culture has had a rite of passage for young boys. They've had boys around the men. And, and for far too long, we've had, we've gotten the comp, we've gotten the men, uh, that we should have with women leading the household. This is going to bother some women, but I, one of the things I often say is, uh, let your boys go live with the father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, uh, there's a theory that that uh, women create the men that they complain about. Oh my gosh! So real quick, there's Drake's first album. One of his early albums is called "So Far Gone," mm-hmm. and I love the. the there was this mess he talking to his friend about why, why he named the album So Far Gone. Mm-hmm. And he said him and his friend was having a conversation about like their behavior, things that were going on. Mm-hmm. And his friend said, we're, we're so far gone, so mm-hmm. far gone, mm-hmm. we've become the men that mm-hmm. our mothers hated it. Yep. We've become the men that our mothers divorced. we become the men that our mothers complain about. So what people are seeing is that a lot of this new, when women are complaining about, especially like generation, I think the millennial generation, um, generation Z, mm-hmm. after the millennials, these guys are a byproduct. Mm-hmm. They weren't raised with men. Right. They're a byproduct of single mothers. Mm-hmm. And they're the creation of the modern woman. Like I said, we're not blaming them. We're mm-hmm. just simply saying 
this is what we have as a byproduct of these men being raised in these women's households. So similar to you, I'm a huge proponent of for what's best for the child, mm-hmm. especially the young male. Not what's best for you, not you having a surrogate mm-hmm. husband, you know what I mean? Not you having someone to parade around, but what's best for the well-being and the benefit of the young male is for him to be raised by his father. Well, you just look at the statistics on, on black boys. Uh, the dropout rate, the literacy rate, I mean... Um, I'll say it when I went on the World Star, I looked at some of the comments and I'm like, is this even written in English? <laughs> and a lot of times I'll ask the women, all right, you know, about therapy. I'll ask about our relationship with the father. When I when I work with people, I ask about the relationship with the father. We gotta make, we gotta, we have to re-inject the men back into this. And boys need to be around their father after age seven more than anything else. And see, and we have to, and here's the thing. That bothers a lot of women because they feel like they're failure. This that if we let women understand that uh, not only is that not a bad thing, it's a good thing. You'll be praised for this. And, you know, here's the thing. I, I say here's the tough part: is men. We're asking a lot of uh, we're asking a, a lot for women who have no trust in men. Mm-hmm. Again, we're asking a lot of women who have no trust in men because of our culture. As the men of the, as the men who are asking all this stuff, you got to give them the air cover. You got to give them the air cover. You got to you got to leave the door open for the ones who are wanting to do something to come in unmolested, unstoned. Because imagine what it will be to be a woman and say, you know what? I heard this guy on this roommate's podcast, and it made me think about something. I went and got. Well, I talked to my ex-husband or my uh, child's father, and. I decided to give custody over him, and then I'm going to be the non-custodial parent. Could you imagine what that conversation looked like with her girlfriends? Mm. Are you crazy? She would get roasted by most of her friends. So she can't get any support that way. She couldn't get any support with her family. She needs needs to hear some encouragement from the men's side. And that comes back to what I said a few minutes ago. Who goes first? Chicken or the egg? Well... Um, ultimately, it falls onto men to lead, and part of the way you lead is you leave you leave ways open for people who want to work with you to come back. Mm. Nah, that's 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 really powerful. So, in closing, let's say there's a 25 year old man. Let's make him 30. Okay, 30 year old guy. He's staying at home. He working at fast food joint, making 18 to 22,000 a year. Okay. Not, not a lot of confidence, not a lot of skill sets, but he wants to be a leader. He wants to have a happy relationship and he wants to leave a legacy. What is your advice to a man in that position? Stop digging. You already did stop digging. First thing, um, I'm big on therapy, but if you're in a position where you don't have a lot of money right now, Every company you work for has an employee assistance line. You need somebody to talk to. We're not in a church like we used to be. Find someone who's a consultant pro bono. The second thing, because it has to start with the head. We can't get the head right. We get nothing. Second, uh, you making, uh, he's working full-time at a fast food place? Mm -hmm. Good. I need you to have another part-time job. Because you're making $14 an hour at McDonald's, you can go over to On Q or Circle K or a convenience store and make another $14 an hour. $14 an hour one place is $28,000 one year. Then another fourteen dollars that's $42,000. Then you can actually be in a position to move out of your mama's house, move into an all-furnished apartment, get you a little sugar shake or a bike, and get out there and start doing something. See, men, we have to work. I cannot hear that I'm broke and then you're only working 40 hours a week. You, you that, that does not compute with me. You got to work. You got to work and get, and be getting paid for the hours. 
you know, here's the thing that stands to start correct themselves. Once a man puts himself in a position where his head's a little bit on straight and it does not have to be perfect, you can't wait till this is perfect. You got to do all these things at the same time. Start getting your head on, getting your head together, get the hours up, and then you have to get a skill set. College ain't for everybody. It doesn't, it's not everything everyone needs. Get a trade. Uh, there are plenty of things that are do. What is going to be useful? Get a trade in something that's going to be useful. We have to get back to where we value blue-collar labor. You know, I'm a big proponent of blue-collar. I call them Blue Henrys. You know, yeah, the white-collar... Right now, what does Henry mean for people who don't know? Uh, Henry is high earner, not rich yet. That came from Forbes. And see, the the white-collar men get all the shine, but, you know, white-collar men, it's a longer path, takes more to get to the end, and most small business owners are blue-collar. Plumbers, electricians, HVAC technicians, truck drivers who own a logistics firm. There's a lot of opportunities. We mentioned Gary V. He wasn't a great student. He's a multimillionaire and holds a... Uh, owns a, one of the most prolific social media firms in the world. Get get your get your get your head right, get your money, get you some sort of certification or skill to where you can actually start making yourself of use because fast food is not a long-term thing. Then you got to start networking with other people and start working together. When you work with a group of people, one of the reasons my career went the way it was is because I worked I was with a group of seven people to where we all moved each other up. I only want you in the house sleeping, <laughs> showering, and, and, and on the bathroom. And there's no reason to be at home. You got to get the work done because here's the thing. Do that for at least five years. Put your head down, work your butt off, and you will look up and the rest of your life will be brighter possibilities. You have more potential and brighter possibilities than you ever thought you could have. Or if you, can, if you continue to do what you do, you're going to continue to get what you got. And now you'll have no one else to blame but yourself because at least now you've been given the direction. Now, from that point on, you make adjustments. But I'm a big proponent in your rat pack, your group of guys you hang around with, mentoring and coaching. But those two things require resources and money. Everything else I gave you is just up to you. And then the last one, let's say as a woman right now, 28 years old, she had a decent job making about $50,000 a year. Here's your message. She, she, she wants to get married. She wants to have a healthy relationship. She wants to grow. What would be your advice for her to be able to do tangible things to be able to get that healthy relationship that she wants? You said 28? Yes. First thing I would say is, you know, without knowing her situation, if she wants to get married and have children, um, who's helping her vet these men? You need to start. You something you vet. You if you if you don't have a father, or, or brothers, or people who actually are the kind of men you would want to marry, uh, you need to find spaces like the Roommates Podcast in my channel, and start listening to those hard truths that you don't want to hear. Which is going to be the same thing. You need to get a counselor, a therapist, to get your issues out there, and then once you start understanding what it is you want, you need to understand the kind of man that works for you, that fits for you, the femininity. Part, the portion, I can't help you with. But femininity is always going to be a selling point for women. Femininity, the beauty, and the inspiration. The femininity, find a group of feminine women, a feminine influence, a feminine coach, whatever. The beauty portion, though, that's more about your fitness. you got to stay fit, ladies. A man is looking at you, and he has to ask, him, ask, what does she look like with 30 to 50 pounds of baby weight? And that is what he's going to be looking at. Are you a worthy 
prize for that man that's a catch. Getting around men, uh, keeping yourself, getting yourself in a good shape, staying in good shape for him, for you. And then lastly, you got to get out of the house. Too many women think that the dude's going, who is it? Boaz. No. <laughs> you need to become a fixture at your, after all clear, a local fixture at the, go sit at the bar of a local, a nice restaurant and have a nice dinner there. Uh, get involved in your community, uh, the Junior League, the American Heart Association. Get involved. you got to do something. The gym is a great place to run the people, but where are the kind of men you want to meet going? you got to get out of that house. Lastly, detach with love. Your single girlfriends who don't share your mindset are a hindrance to you. But that's where also the men got to provide their ground cover for when she detaches and becomes a pick-me or whatever, they need to have spaces and places to where women can uh, come over. That's why I have this group on Facebook called The Mix. So where it's like-minded men and women who are the men are in there networking and doing our personal and professional stuff, and the women are our guests. And you know what? It's working well because you're hearing people talk about hope. Men in there talking about business and this and that, and Bitcoin and this adventure, that adventure. And women are just sitting back like, oh, I didn't know men did this. Well, yeah. See, we have to change what we, the image of black people in this country is, is, is not good. And whose responsibility is that to change? It's ours. Never before have we had a chance to change it. The, the mass media was never owned by us. But now with the internet and social media and all these platforms, we have an opportunity to change it. I would also say watch what you're putting out there about yourself because you are a part of black media. Man, Kevin, <laughs> this has been an honor. Um, this has been a privilege. It's been so much amazing game and free gem that you provided for the people. For people who want to continue to find more amazing content from you, where can they find you at? Um, my website is bykevinsamuels.com and then my YouTube channel, which is Pretty much the uh, flagship of my platform right now is kevinsamuels.com. Uh, Monday through Friday, uh, right now, I'm coming on at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, usually about 10 to 12. People have asked me to make content shorter, but it's as long as it needs to be for what we got to get done. <laughs> so uh, follow me on there, and then you can support what I'm doing by going over there, supporting me on Patreon. And then also Instagram is going to become much more of a uh, integral part of this strategy. We're using all the social media platforms to get out all these positive messages so you can see more brothers looking like this representing your interests. Man, guys, like I said, man, I love this guy. As you can <laughs> see, it's just nothing but <laughs> confirmation by this whole episode. Make sure you check out this channel. Hit the subscribe button. And don't forget, guys, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, my series, Lessons I Wish My Big Brother Told Me About Women, will be out. Make sure you check it out. My name is Afiz, and I'm joined by Kevin Samuels. And we are the roommates, guys. Thank you so much. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, and have a great day.